Well, we're going to start the study off a little bit differently this time. So as we turn the lights down, um, we're going to show a little video. And as I show the video, don't get hung up by the messenger. Um, he's a senior pastor out of First Corinthian Baptist Church in Harlem, New York. Just put that out there right away so you can know what's going on. This is something he shared in March of this year. It's going to go fast. It's only 57 seconds long. It's going to go fast. And then I have the wording up here. I'm going to read it. And then we're going to get into the word. And this just ties in with the study. So I really want you to realize that. Don't get hung up on the church or the messenger. Listen to the message. That's the most important part of this video. We're not out here to bash a church or to bash a pastor. We're out here to learn the word of God and what has taken place in history that we should be learning from. You see, Israel, as we're going to study in the psalm this morning, had the word, they literally had the word of God. And over 400 years, they went from glory to total destruction. The height of King David to total, absolute destruction wiped off the face of the land that God had promised them if just keep my word just if just just keep my word so this is very relevant to today so again don't get hung up with the messenger listen to the message it's going to go really fast God these words can apply to you no matter what your faith background we get so twisted in this country and in many cultures to create divides and boundaries and barriers between human beings because of because of our faith difference think about it that we use the thing that we believe makes us closer to God the very thing to divide us from one another at times and that makes no sense and so I, I'm not one of those people there was a time you would see people in the pulpit say oh, you know if you don't believe in Jesus you're going to hell that's insanity in many ways, because that is not what, what, what Jesus even believed. And so the key is that you believe in God. And whatever your path is to God, I celebrate that personally. I celebrate that. Again, we have enough in this world that divides us. We need to find those things that bring us closer together. And if God cannot bring us closer together, then something is wrong. Not with God, but in how we think we know God and understand God. Amen? So come on, let's declare. All right. So I'm going to read it to you, and then we're going to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. So let's see. So this is what he said, and I, I listened to this thing like eight times. I wanted to make sure I didn't misquote him. I kept reading it and listening to it and listening to it and listening to it. So here, here's what he just taught. He mentioned the word God, Christian pastor, senior pastor, 10,000 people attend this church in America. Okay, no matter what your faith background we get so twisted in this country and in so many cultures to create divides and boundaries and barriers between human beings because of because of our faith difference. Think about it. That we use the thing that we believe makes us closer to God, the very thing to divide us from the one another at times. And that makes no sense. And so I'm not one of those people... There was a time you'd see people in the pulpit say, you know, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to hell. Well, that's insanity. In many ways, because that is not what, what, what Jesus even believed. 
And so the key is, do you believe in God? And whatever your path is to God, I celebrate that. Personally, I celebrate that. Again, we have enough in this world that divides us. We need to find those things that bring us closer together. And if God cannot bring us closer together, then something is wrong. Not with God, but in how we think we know God and understand God. Amen. All right. Jim, would you turn up the stage lights, please? And let's look at Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. And if you're doing the daily reading, this just happened to be, just happenstance, this just happened to be our daily reading for today. And so if you're not in the daily reading because you think, ah, the Old Testament, what good is in the Old Testament? We're going to read the whole chapter. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. And the priests attended to their services, the Levites also with instruments of music of the Lord, which King David had made to praise the Lord, saying, For his mercy endures forever. Whenever David offered praise by their ministry, the priest sounded trumpets opposite them while all Israel stood. Furthermore, Solomon consecrated the middle of the court that was in front of the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offerings because the bronze altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings, the grain offerings and the fat. At that time, Solomon kept the feast seven days and all Israel with him. A very great assembly. We're talking millions of people at this point. This is the height of Israel. David has gone and conquered lands all over this area. If you read the word from the Euphrates, Syria, which, which would be Iraq today, Syria, Lebanon. David had conquered all of that. Solomon had absolute peace. And today Israel's the size of New Jersey. And many people say that's too much. That's too much land. You have too much land. You've got to read the word of God. And on the eighth day, they held a sacred assembly for they observed the dedication of the altar seven days and the feast seven days. On the 23rd day of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their tents, joyful and glad of heart for the good that the Lord had done for David, for Solomon, for his people Israel. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into his heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I 
have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Now, this is Jerusalem. This is the Temple Mount. This is Jerusalem, and this is the Temple Mount that's being spoken of here. 3,000 years ago, Israel was on the Temple Mount offering sacrifices, and God says, I have chosen this place. Not man, I have. Notice, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. Why would God do such a thing? Because God is a just God. And he chastens those whom he loves. And so as we're going to see even in our study this morning in the Psalms, as we know, the word says God chastens those whom he loves. And if we need chastening as believers, then God is going to chasten us, discipline us for maturity purposes. He didn't chasten Israel because he hated them and was mad at them. He was trying to wake them up. Maturity. This is where we get this famous verse. You might have a plaque like this in your room, not the whole verse, but you have some of this plaque. If, I have that highlighted in my Bible, that little two-letter word, if. Again, where are we at in the Psalms? You're going to see this morning, Jerusalem is totally devastated. Burned with fire, 586 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar has taken them captive, wiped them off the land. The northern tribes had already been removed hundreds of years earlier. But right now we're looking at the height of Israel, the glory of Israel, the splendor of Israel. And if you were there at this day, you would have never thought, nothing's going to happen to us. We've got God on our side. Yeah, let's give it 400 years. Let's see what's in the heart of man. And so it's very important to realize as we go from Israel, and the church does not replace Israel, so don't even go down that road. But if we apply principles to our lives from the word of God that happened to Israel, which do apply to us, this is the same thing. So if my people, so he was talking directly to the Jewish people at this time, but for us today it would be any believer. If my people, that's a Jewish believer, a Gentile believer. There's only three groups of people on the face of the earth today. It's a Jewish person that does not know Jesus. They're going to hell. A Gentile person that does not know Jesus. They're going to hell. And then you have Jews and Gentiles who have received Jesus as their Savior. They're going to heaven. There's only three groups of people. Which group are you in? So when it says, if my people, that's the church for us today to make it practical and applicable. So if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Why is he telling Solomon this? There's, the, there's glory. There's praise. There's adoration. We just finished the temple. We're not wicked. We're following you. We're doing everything that you called us to do. Because God knows the future. We don't. And God is warning Solomon, even at this festive event, even at the pinnacle of Israel, Solomon, there's wickedness in the heart of man. We have, I have wickedness in my heart. You have it. You might not want to admit it, but you do. It's the Holy Spirit that keeps it in check. As I continually feed the Spirit, the Holy Spirit keeps that wickedness in check. 
then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. So again, notice that there, if my people turn from their wicked ways, if we repent. So a lot of times people will quote this verse. Well, you know, if America would just pray, it's no, this is very selective. It's only believers first and foremost. This is only a verse for believers. This is not for the United States of America. Well, in God we trust. I got it on a dollar bill. It doesn't apply. If Christians notice, if they turn, if they hear from heaven, where would that be for us today? If we hear from the word of God, if we hear from the word of God, he will heal our land. Verse 16, for now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, if. I highlighted that. You know, sometimes you can highlight and I highlight whole verses. Other times I just highlight words because that's key to what is being taught. Notice, if my people, Solomon, let's get it really particular, let's get it really personal here. If you, so now we're going away from the nation to you personally. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked and do according to all that I have commanded you and if you keep my statutes and my judgments. Does it matter what you believe? Yeah, I had two people come up yesterday, a man and a woman. And they tried to convince me that they were right, Jehovah Witnesses. And we, you know, we, we politely talked for probably five to seven minutes. I was changing the oil on the car. I was busy and, and initially my daughter was standing there. I go, you take care of this. I was like, I'm too tired right now. It was like five and a half hours under the car, so I was kind of fried. And then I thought, no, sorry. I'll take care of it. So I was laying on the ground, my hands are dirty, and they, oh, we can see you're busy. Yes, I am, and we're blah, blah, blah. I go, yeah, I know, okay, who's Jesus? And we talked about that, and then they tried to explain their justify their position. I said, sorry, I don't get time. Jesus is God. He's not an angel. He's not a great prophet. He's not Lucifer's spirit brother. I know you're sincere, but you're not as sincere as a Muslim. You know how sincere Muslims are? They blow themselves up. That is really sincere. So I appreciate your sincerity, but just know this day you heard that Jesus is God. Done with the conversation. I don't celebrate their God. I don't celebrate that they're going to hell because they brought Jesus down. Well, Jesus is just an angel. No, Jesus is God. So I can't celebrate that. So I just want to share that with you guys, that this is the church. This is the big C here. And this is reality. This is what you and me, we have to take a stand for righteousness. And when you hear something like that, especially if you're a young person, right now your wheels might be going, this guy's crazy, get me out of here. No, the word of God is the word of God. And we can't change the word of God no matter how many people we have in our church. And when a senior pastor gets up like that and proclaims that... He is deceiving the sheep and leading them down a road of destruction. And if there is someone in that building that does not know Jesus as their Savior, they have just heard 
that it's okay to be a Mormon, a Jehovah Witness, a Muslim, that that's okay because we have to be united. It's not okay. Jesus didn't come to unite. Jesus came to divide according to his own words and the word of God. That every person has to take a stand about Jesus. And that's what I just shared with them. You will be held accountable for your stand for Jesus. I'm not going to love you to hell. This is the way the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then they started going off on their gyration of that. I said, okay, we're done. We're done. Thanks for your time. And I didn't say, God bless you. Don't bless them. We got to pray for their soul. So again, when you, when you hear something, don't just automatically take it from, for face value. Cause he even said, and so I'm not one of those people, there is the time you'd see people in the pulpit say, you know, that if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. There was a time, you just heard it today. If you don't know Jesus, you're going to hell. That's just the way it is. And he says, then what? That's insanity. It's insanity? Well, I'm glad I'm insane. Praise God. I'd rather be insane encouraging you to know Jesus than to be sane and love you to hell. In many ways, because that is not what, what, what Jesus even believed. So Jesus didn't believe in hell. You see, it's very subtle, even under the banner of Christianity. And so you don't want to spend your time looking for things either, though. You know, don't go on either extreme. Don't be total naive and, oh, somebody said something and blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to forget it. But don't be on a witch hunt all week long either and trying to find everybody that's saying evil things. That's not the point. I don't do that. You shouldn't do that as well. Be in the Word of God every day so that when something does pop up, you immediately go, false, 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 false. You immediately know because you've been in the Word of God. Not because, well, i got to ask Pastor Jim about that. Well, that's great. Come and ask me. But you should know. You should know because you're reading the Word of God. If you keep my statutes and my judgment, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom as I covenanted with David your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man as ruler in Israel. Verse 19. But if... Highlighted both of those words in my Bible. But if... You turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you. Notice, if you do what? If you forsake the word of God. Solomon, you're blessed right now because you followed the word of God. But if you turn away from the word of God, Solomon, this is what is going to happen. Then I will uproot them from their land from my land, which I have given them, and this house which you have sanctified for my name, I will cast out of my sight, and will make it a proverb and a byword among the peoples. And as for this house which is exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and say, 586 B.C. Nebuchadnezzar, we're reading the psalm right now from Asaph this morning. What happened? People were walking by, What happened? Nebuchadnezzar leveled this place. What happened here? I thought this was a faithful group of people. I thought this nation loved God. What happened? You see, guys, this is not new what's happening in America. This is called history repeating itself after 3,000 years, and it hasn't taken 3,000 years. Other nations have moved away from God, and they are paying the price for it. Why has the Lord done this to this land and this house? Then they will answer 
Here's the answer. America. Because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers. Who brought them out of the land of Egypt and embraced other gods. Notice that. And embraced other gods. And worshipped them. Didn't just embrace them, but actually lifted them up. And served them. Therefore, he has brought all this calamity upon them. So this morning, as we look at Psalm 79, it's very important to keep it. uh, I just wanted to emphasize that. We're not pointing to a man, bad pastor, bad pastor. No, we want to look at the word of God and where we find ourselves in the Psalms and look at what can we learn from this situation and how does it apply to our lives And again, I really encourage you, get a daily reading schedule and read every single day. It is so applicable. It is so practical. Because I found this just the other day. Under the big C, Christianity. Okay? Transgender people encouraged to become priests in Church of England diversity drive. Transgender people are encouraged to become Church of England vicars as bishops launch a diversity drive. Bishops in the Diocese of Lickfield have issued new guidance to parishioners and clergy reminding them that LGBT people can be called to roles of leadership and service in the local church. End of quote. The guidance titled Welcoming and Honoring LGBT Plus people warns that the church's reputation as being unwelcoming towards gays and transgender people please listen to this is stopping young people attending so what did they just say we're going to forsake the word of god so that the 20 somethings will come back to church because they see us as hateful because we don't accept every single person in their lifestyle. And we don't want to appear that way. So let's compromise. Let's go all out with our diversity training so that we can get a few of the 20-year-olds to come back and we'll love them to hell. Let's just love the 20-year-olds to hell. Is that love? Is that the gospel? You see, none of us here, I'll just speak for myself, I'm not a homophobiac, I'm a judgment phobiac. Yeah, just think about it for a second. I'm a judgment phobiac. Because when we go against God's word, God promises judgment will come. That's a promise. And it rains on the just and the unjust. Down the, li- down the line in the letter here, it goes, progressive groups within the church, progressive groups, within the church, welcome the move. One body, one faith, which works to promote LGBT inclusion said the guidance was encouraging. The organization's chair of trustees, Canon Peter Leonard, said, it's my hope that the work being undertaken by Litchfield Diocese and this clear statement will send a very strong signal to LGBT plus people that they're welcome and valued on equal terms with our brothers and sisters. Now in quotes, and this is for you, And to those who seek to treat us as a problem, 
to harm and dismiss us and deny our gifts and callings, that their behavior will no longer be tolerated. Tolerance. Isn't that a a pretty popular word nowadays? Aren't we supposed to be tolerant of everybody? But you are not tolerated. Because you take a stand for what the Bible says. That we love all people. Yes, we love the LGBTs. And yes, we can love the alcoholic, and we can love the drug addict, and we can love the adulterer, and we can love the fornicator, and we can love the thief, and we can love the gambler, and we can love the liar and the stealer. We can love everybody, and we should. But that doesn't mean we accept any of that in their lives or in our own lives. We are called to the standard of the Word of God. To be like Jesus. And Jesus taught a lot about hell. And so guys, for you and I, as we go out into our mission field, we need to love whoever crosses our paths. Yes, love them. Absolutely. Not be afraid of them. I'm not afraid of anybody coming into this church. I'd welcome anyone into this church. doesn't matter what they look like, what they say they are. It doesn't matter to me. The word of God is the word of God. But if they want to argue about it, then we're going to the Bible. That's it. We're just going to the Bible. Let's open the Bible and see what the Bible says. And if there's sin, then you got to deal with it. If there's not, praise the Lord. So as we look at Psalm 79, this is, this isn't just crazy. We just, we just read the pinnacle. And as you read that in Chronicles, if you've been doing your daily reading, it says that there was so much wealth in Israel, so much wealth, that silver was counted as nothing. Now, how many of you would walk by a bar of silver? Just a small little bar of silver right now today. You walk, you look at it and you go, oh, it's a bar of silver. Eh, no big deal. Man, there'd be people fighting over that bar of silver. They'd be diving on the ground for that bar of silver. This time in Israel? Eh, nothing. Who needs it? We got gold. Gold, 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 gold. Gold all over the place. We got gold. Who cares about the silver? 400 years later, what happened? There was no gold. All the foreign enemies took all the gold and silver. They stripped it off the temple. They, they obliterated Jerusalem and Israel. There was nothing of wealth that was left. People were walking by. What happened? Wasn't there a temple? You know, I was here a few years back. Wasn't there a temple located around here somewhere? I thought there was a temple here. No mas. Gone. Father, give us wisdom in these days we're living in. Let us not put our trust in our government or put our trust in our 401k. We put our trust in your word this morning. And Lord, as we see a real life application of Israel going from the height, going from prosperity, even beyond our own imagination, down to dust. May it be a warning to our own lives and to our own country that we are not above God's word. And Father, give us strength to not compromise, to not change God, your word, to not try to make it palatable for the unbeliever, but to be lovingly truthful. There's a heaven, there's a hell. That we might save some with fear as well as saving some with, with just your goodness. Give us wisdom and give us discernment. And I pray for the gift of teaching as we go over the psalm this morning. 
Again, it's for your glory, Father, that we're here. It's not about our building. It's not about a show. It's not about how well we sing. It's about you. It's all about you. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I've mentioned, the conquering of Jerusalem is taking place. Israel as a whole has been removed for hundreds of years now. God is consistently called out through their, his prophets for his people to repent. But unfortunately, his pleas have fallen on hardened hearts. Asaph is a man who is living during this time of God's chastening upon his children. And yes, the word makes it perfectly clear that chastening is a sign of God's love. God's love. Psalm 79, a psalm of Asaph. O God, the nations have come into your inheritance. Your holy temple they have defiled. They have laid Jerusalem in heaps. You see, the attacks from the enemies have taken their tolls. Northern Israel has been removed from their land a few hundred years earlier, and now southern Israel is being destroyed as well. Jerusalem is a pile of rubble, a most distressful situation indeed, but a situation that would have never taken place had the Israelites remained focused on God. And that's for you and me, individually as believers. If you don't want the chastening of God, stay focused on God. But it's also a plea for us as a country that we can go out into our workplaces and our neighborhoods and say, hey, where are we as a country? We're no different than Israel. And you can reference the scriptures that we just referenced. Verses 2 through 4 Total devastation. The dead bodies of your servants, they have given us as food for the birds of the heavens, the flesh of your saints to the beast of the earth. Their blood they have shed like water all around Jerusalem, and there is no one to bury them. We have become a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and derision to those who are around us. And so the psalmist asks a question, how long? How long, Lord? Will you be angry forever? Will your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your wrath on the nations that do not know you and on the kingdoms that do not call on your name. For they have devoured Jacob and laid waste his dwelling pass. You know, we watched Phil on the Roof for the last couple weeks. If you've never watched it, I greatly encourage you to watch it. It's a phenomenal show. And one of the main characters, he's, he's, uh, he often talks to God as he's walking around. And in one of the, one of the scenes, he actually says, could you pick on somebody else for a while? You're always picking on the Jews. Could you just pick on somebody else? And maybe you've even felt that way sometimes. Like, like, God, why are you picking on me? What did I do wrong? You see, it's not that way. You see, God doesn't pick on people. He just desires his kids to mature, and that takes discipline at times. Just like we do with our own children. Verse 8, Oh, do not remember former iniquities against us. Let your tender mercies come speedily to meet us, for we have been brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name. And deliver us and provide us atonement for our sins for your name's sake. So here we see a very sincere believer. He loved God. He's praying to God. His, he is sincerely praying. 
But it's already been determined through various prophets that God has said, you are going to be removed for 70 years. So even though he's praying sincerely, it's not going to change God's edict. God has already determined, no, you're going for 70 years. You're done. Pray all you want. You're done. You're being disciplined. And they did learn, by the way, as you look at the scriptures, they did learn from that discipline. You see, Asaph understands the mercy of God and he prays accordingly. You know, Lamentations 3, 22 says this, Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Notice, through the Lord's mercies. So even as we pray for our nation, I would encourage you not to pray against the Lord's will, because it might be the Lord's will to wipe us out. You might not want to hear that. You might be a young person go, but I want to get married. I want to have kids. I, yeah, that's great. But there's God's judgment, and we're going to be held accountable for it. That's just reality. And that doesn't mean he's not merciful. No, he's merciful. So pray for God's mercy. That's what I pray for. God, show your mercy. And if it needs to go south, if it needs to go bad, let it go bad. But, you know, help me to have mercy so I can show mercy to others as well. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I can picture Asaph rehearsing this in his mind. Rehearse it, going over that. God, why aren't you merciful? God, why aren't you showing your mercy? God, where are you? you got to listen to the whole story, Asaph. God already proclaimed 70 years. 70 years. That's the way it's going to be. You have to go through that process. So we need to pray. But let's make sure we pray according to the word of God. Why should the nation say, notice this, where is their God? Let there be known among the nations in their sight the avenging of the blood of your servants, which has been shed. Let the groaning of the prisoner come before you according to the greatness of your power. Preserve those who are appointed to die and return to our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom. Their reproach with which they have reproached you, O Lord. Do you hear the prayer there? Do you hear what, do you hear what he's praying? It's a David prayer. Bust out their teeth. <laughs> God just bust out their teeth. We've got everything together. Bust out their teeth. Uh, no, you don't have everything together. You're being removed off the land because you didn't have everything together. And you probably should be praying for your neighbor's salvation. God, as we go into Babylon, use us to save the Babylonians. Don't bust out their teeth and send them to hell. Use us that we might go there and help them to understand there is a God in heaven who loves them. And how can we do that for you and I today? So be, again, be careful about your prayer life. Lord, bring people to Jesus and however you see fit to do that. If it's us going down as America, then God, take us down that your name might be lifted up. God, however you see fit, you know what is best. So we, your people and sheep of your pastor, will give you thanks forever. Interesting. God, if you do this, we'll give you thanks. No. No, we are to give thanks to God in the good times and the bad times. Because God has a plan and a purpose behind it all. So we, your people and sheep of your pasture, will give you thanks forever. We will show forth your praise to all generations. Let's make that something for us to do this week. Let's show forth our praise to the next generation and the next generation, even in the bad time, even in the sorrowful time, even in the time when you're anxiety, when you're maybe anxious or nervous or worried or whatever it might be, to proclaim God's faithfulness, God's goodness. God has a plan and a purpose. And that's making a big statement to someone young. They look at you and they go, I don't understand you, 
But I did just hear what you said. That you're trusting God. See guys, that's a huge statement. You're not worried. You know, I'm not worried about not having 20 year olds in this church. I'm worried about 20 year olds going to hell. So that's why we have a young adult group and that's why we try to reach out to them. And that's why all of us should be involved in VBS and the young people, the little ones, the, the, the junior hires and the high schoolers. Because see, if you take a stand, according to what we just read, that is being promoted now even within the church, you have a personality problem. You have an issue and you need to get right. Because you're not loving them the way God loves them. No, I'm loving them the way God loves them. He warns his people. He warned Israel. He's warning the church today. He's warning America today. He's warning everyone around the world. You need to know my son because you're going to die. Psalm 80, to the chief musician, said to the lilies, a testimony of Asaph, a psalm. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel. You lead Joseph like a flock. You who dwell between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Stir up your strength and come and save us. Same Asaph, same time. Restore us, O God. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. Asaph knew God could do it. And again, it's a great prayer, but he's not taking in the whole picture. And so again, even sometimes I know when you're listening to me, you might think, man, this guy's a bummer. No, I'm just trying to take in the whole counsel of God. Because you know, guys, there is going to be a one world religion. The Bible says that. There is going to be, a, that, that's not a, not a conspiracy. That's in the Bible. It's not a conspiracy. There is going to be a one world monetary system. That's not a conspiracy. That's in the Bible. So just get your head in the Bible and you're not going to get freaked out about what's happening. You're going to be going, praise God, bring it on Jesus. Bring it into the church so that we can see who is a believer and who is not. Again, and you don't want to go digging in every little hole and crevice because we're not salvation investigators, but we need to be fruit inspectors. Who do I want to hang out with? Who do I want to, do I want my pastor saying that to me when I bring my Muslim friend to church? Well, I celebrate your, your Islam. Do I really want my friend to hear that? No. Not if I'm concerned about his soul. So guys, you know, yeah, yeah, let's make it really clear, God. Oh Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry against the prayer of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You, you, do you see his perception here that God has the problem? Not them? So even though he's praying, and it sounds like a good prayer. You and I sometimes can pray, and it might sound good, but we have to really be evaluating. Is that a biblical prayer? Because he's not praying a biblical prayer. He's trying to override the 70 years that have already been pronounced on Israel. God, just, just, no, don't, don't, don't fulfill your, your, your prophecy. Save us instead. Sorry, son. That's not going to happen. And have given them fears to drink in great measure. You have made us a strife to our neighbors. And our enemies laugh among themselves. You think anybody's laughing at America right now? You think any nation in this world is laughing at America? What nation has their citizens rent out a penthouse room in New York City and take their eight-year-old daughter and jump off the top floor and kill their eight-year-old daughter as well as themselves. 
Is there a nation that does that on a regular basis? That was two weeks ago. This past week, a mother pushed her eight-year-old son in front of a train. And then she jumped in front of it after him. Is there a problem in America? And is it because we're not accepting other lifestyles? Is that the problem? Guys, God. There's a lack of God in our society. And you and I, we can't sit here and just go, well, you know, that's just the way it is. We are the ones that have God. They're not going to see it otherwise. They're going to see it as, yes, you know, you're this, you're that. Okay, fine, call me what you want to will, but God loves you. And God desires a relationship with you. Call me what you want to call me. God loves you. Just keep saying, God loves you. God loves you. Sorry that you see me that way, but God loves you. Guys, that's our calling. That's our calling. Restore us, O God of hosts. Cause your face to shine on us, and we shall be saved. You have brought a vine out of Egypt. So now he starts to rehearse. He goes back and rehearses Moses. You have cast out the nations and planted it. You prepared room for it and caused it to take deep root. David and Solomon. And filled the land. The hills were covered with its shadows, and the mighty Caesars, its ba- cedars, its boughs. She sent out her boughs to the sea, and her branches to the river. Why have you broken down her hedges? <laughs> so that all who pass by the way pluck their fruit. The boar out of the woods uproots it, and the wild beast of the field devours it. Return, we beseech you, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and see. Uh, God is looking down. He did see. And that's why he removed them off the land. And visit this vine and the vineyard which your right hand has planted and the branch which you made strong for yourself. It is burned with fire. It is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of your countenance. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the son of man whom you made strong for yourself. Then, then, we will not turn back from you. If you bless us, do you hear this in Christianity at all? You know, God's just a genie. Just rub the bottle hard enough and he's going to come out and he's going to give you whatever you want. Money, cars, houses, health, whatever it is. Yeah, and if he doesn't, well then just turn your back on him. What did he just say? We won't turn our backs if you bless us. But if you don't, hmm, that's not much of a faith. Revive us and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. You know, if we as a nation would repent of our sinful ways, and I'm speaking as Christians, because obviously the unbeliever doesn't know what this means, for our consequence from leaving God will be the same if we do not turn from our evil ways, which will be total destruction on America. It's got to happen. That's the word of God. Don't kid yourself. Christian fiction is Christian fiction. Get your head in the Bible. Jeremiah 7. Let's wrap it up with these verses. Jeremiah 7, 12 through 16. Jeremiah 7, 12 through 16. We're going to Israel in March. I greatly encourage you to come along. And uh, on one of our trips, we actually had the privilege to go to Shiloh, which very few uh, tours go to because it's in an area where uh, Palestinians and if the Palestinians see a, a, a Israeli bus coming into the area, they pick up stones and they chuck them at the bus. So you're not going to get hurt or killed. But now, now you know, you have to replace a $50,000 worth of glass in your bus. So they don't take the buses in there. You know, the peaceful religion is not very peaceful. So that's what they do. 
But somehow, the Lord just allowed us to go there. And now, Shiloh, I just read an article recently, so I'm actually going to try to line this up for our tour uh, as we go in March to go back to Shiloh. It is unbelievable. They're, they're terraced. They have terraces on the hills. You can see, we don't know the exact location of the tabernacle, but you can see how the tabernacle would have been located in that area because it's just a bowl. It's totally surrounded with hills, and all the hills have been cut by terraces so that people could set up their tents and come and be there and bring their sacrifice. It's, a, it's an incredible place. We actually walked around, and everywhere, everywhere, there are shards of clay. Because when you took a clay pot and offered a sacrifice, you couldn't take that home and use it. It was holy. So you had to break it. You could not remove it from the site. So we were just picking up little pieces of shards. Tour guide said, no, not a problem. Take it home, you Americans. Go ahead, do whatever you want with it. They don't care about God, per se. But it's like, wow, somebody offered sacrifice right here in this location. They were worshiping God. And the tabernacle that Moses was was taught to design and that they built and that they literally brought into the promised land was actually here. This isn't, you know, this isn't like Disneyland, two by fours in the background. This is, this is literal. God. God was here. Jeremiah 7, but now go to my place, which is in Shiloh, where I set my face at the first and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. Notice that God speaking to Jeremiah. And now because you have done all these works, says the Lord, and I spoke to you rising up early and speaking, but you did not hear. And I called you, but you did not answer. So when you talk to people and you say, well, that's not fair. You know, God's just not a fair God. Why did he destroy his own people? He didn't destroy them. He chastened them. And before he chastened them, he spent year after year. Stop, 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 stop. It's kind of like us with our own kids. You know, you say, stop, stop, stop. And then they get old enough to leave. And now you just pray. I hope they stop, but God, if not, drive them into the ground. Just crash and burn them that they might look up. Verse 14, Therefore I will do to the house which is called by my name, in which you trust. This would now be the temple. And to this place which I gave to you and your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh, and I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, and though, and who's the whole posterity of Ephraim, and that's a reference to the northern tribes. Jeremiah, this is your message. Tell it to my people, as what happened to the north, it will happen to the south. You're trusting in a temple. What are we trusting in? Man, we're trusting in our president. He's going to make everything right. I mean, I know we trusting God, but what, as when I say we as a nation, who are we trusting in? Were we trusting in the Republicans or the Democrats? Whoever's in office, the other team's cutting them down. But we gotta trust in somebody, right? We have the good news. We have the message. Let's make sure this week we let them know. Man's gonna fail you. God will not. Father, we thank you and praise you for this morning. And Father, these are hard truths. We don't like to think of history. We like to think that history is history and it will never happen to me. It will never happen to us. And that's why, unfortunately, we keep repeating history. So, Father, as Christians, let us learn from Israel. They were a Bible-believing nation. They trusted in you. They lifted your name on high. But shortly after Solomon's life ended... After the pinnacle of Israel, 
Jeroboam came and took the ten northern tribes and initiated idol worship. And from that day down until 586 B.C., total destruction. Father, help us to to realize that even in our own lives, that when we turn away from you, we are inviting discipline in our lives. And discipline is good. Just like we discipline our own children, if we do it properly, if we do it with love, it's a good thing. Yes, it hurts. But it's such a good thing. Father, if we need discipline, discipline us. Father, if as a flock, as a church here, we're going down the wrong road, then show us that. We want to be in your perfect will. We know what our nation's doing, Father. We just pray for salvation, Lord. We pray as we go out this week to our coworkers, to our neighbors, that somehow, some way, in their desperation, in their anxiety, in their worries, their concerns, their divorces, their bankruptcies, that we can take the good news. Hey, God loves you. And God desires a relationship with you. There is a God in heaven. And Father, we even pray that right now for anyone in our midst. They're probably going, I can't wait to get out of here. This is crazy. And to the unbeliever, it is crazy. But we can't deny history. We can't deny the facts that you said you would regather Israel. And here they are. A nation. And that you would give Jerusalem back to them. And that you would protect them even in their disobedience. Because that's your land. Your word, you called it that in your, in, your, in your word. So Lord, even though we don't understand, we might not agree. We pray for anyone in this room that they would understand that God loves them. And that they would receive Jesus as their Savior this morning. For there is no other way to get to the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No person comes to the Father except through me. We know that to be true because it's in your word. As the saints are praying, and maybe that's you this morning. Right now you have people that are interceding on your behalf. Please... Receive Jesus as your Savior. If you do, the Holy Spirit will come into you. And when you listen to this study down the road, then it will make sense. Right now, it's not going to make sense. Because you need Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit who authored the book to show you the book. So, Lord, we pray for anyone in this room, remove the spiritual blinders, and that they would receive Jesus as their Savior this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand, guys. God bless you guys. Not a great message. Jeremiah felt the same way, but it had to be said. So, guys, we go out into a world. It's just crazy. They don't have an answer. You and I have an answer. Meet people. Love on them. Share with them. Don't do something silly. Don't take your life. God bless you guys. Have a great week. If you need prayer, please come up. And like to, I forgot, let's thank all the service personnel this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you for serving our country. Be safe, guys.
glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. His truth. His truth is marching on. His truth. His truth is marching on. God bless you.